This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to The Waiting Room on Podcast225.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Waiting Room. This is our episode number four. Um, We are really excited about today's episode. I am Katie Fetzer, one of your hosts and co-owners of the Wellness Studio, here with my partner, Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue. Um, Today, we have a guest that's going to join us, and um, we're really excited about this today. Um, His name is Ken Knight. He is a professional counselor, mental health professional, um, but prior to that, he served eight years in the U.S. Army, two of which where he spent time in Iraq. Um, And after the military, he pursued further education and worked as a fitness trainer while spending a lot of breaks performing humanitarian work overseas. Um, And now he is also in a PhD program working on his doctorate degree in counseling. And he offers a very unique perspective and approach to counseling. He uh, blends his his military background and what he calls the warrior mindset and then also has a very, very unique fitness approach to counseling. Um, And we're really, really, really excited to be able to have him on the show. Um, And we can't wait for y'all to listen in. Yeah, it's just super, super interesting guy. Um, Has a lot of of in-depth knowledge about physical well-being um, and how it can relate to counseling. So we're very excited to bring him uh, to you today. And and again, if you have any questions or feedback, please uh, visit um, podcast225.com, iTunes, or the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Uh, Just a reminder that that the contents of this show uh, should not be mistaken for psychotherapy or counseling in any way. Um, but if you are interested in those services, please contact, um, uh, you can either contact a local mental health provider, uh, a counseling center in, in your town. You can look at your insurance panel or talk to your employer, or you can visit our, our office, which is the Wellness Studio, and you can find us online at www.surprisinglywell.com or give us a call at 225-448-3359. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back to y'all with Ken. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back Back to The Waiting Room. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Waiting Room. We are here with Ken Knight. Um, He is our guest for today on today's show. Um, hello, Ken. Hello, Katie. I'm MK. <laughs> or do you want Dr. Rodriguez? You, you want can call me MK. It's perfectly right. fine. Yeah. Um, Ken, we are very excited to be able to talk to you today. And, you know, kind of just opening up, we gave everyone a little bit of an, of an intro on you and um, a little bit about your background. But tell us a little bit about your military experience and how it kind of prepared you for your career path now as a mental health professional. Sure. It seems on first glance like that's a little bit of a... Uh, change in direction, right, to go from a soldier for eight years to becoming a therapist. But it's a little bit more common than you might expect. Many of the, especially males that I know that are therapists, had a military background. And so Mm -hmm. I started to think, you know, what's the link here, Mm -hmm. right? And it's sort of like, um, I think that the link probably is 
when you experience hardship and you see the way different types mm-hmm. of mentalities react to different types of challenges and stressors, mm-hmm. it becomes almost too fascinating not to pursue. Right, mm-hmm. right. Know? Sure. And I guess uh, my background, um, it's interesting with the military, right? It's like the more someone does, the less they feel like they've done. Right? Really? Uh, wow. So, you know, like if you're the guy who changes, and again, let me stress this by saying I respect everyone who's ever served, even if it was for one day. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if you took the oath and couldn't, I respect you still mm-hmm. done the same. But there's this sort of like braggart mentality where like maybe the more entry level you are in your military mm-hmm. career, the mouthier you are. Ah. And then like as you achieve more and more and then you get humbled by people right. that have achieved more and Absolutely. more than right. you. Right, right, yeah. You yeah. tend to get pretty quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you just want me to talk about what I did with the army or like private military operations after or? Really, whatever you yeah, are comfortable both sharing. So yeah, I think it's it's really we really want to be able to hear how that kind of paved your your career path and the different experiences you had that led you to be a mental health professional now. So wherever you feel like you want to start, yeah. Sure, I guess the big thing is um, Iraq. Okay, you know, um, as bad as it was to be the guy fighting, it was even worse. I can only imagine to be someone who was standing in the middle that couldn't, mm. right? Um, we'd hear so many reports of, and, and my role was transportation, counter smuggling, and redeployment. So I had a pretty wide breadth, and what that meant was, functionally, I would be at checkpoints sometimes, or I would be running convoys, planning convoys. If you're in a convoy, you're sitting on a gun. So that's pretty much the extent of my combat experience. Was, I felt like I was in a more defensive role. We never okay. kicked in a door or saw it out of any trouble like that. But sometimes, you know. Um, and what you see there is when you interact with the townspeople, um, my area, I was in Bakuba in 2007. I was in, um, not, it was close to Ramadi. It's al I was in Mosul, um, Baghdad, Sadr City kind of area all over. And what you find is like universally, these people really don't care who's running things. They just want to not get harmed. They want mm-hmm. their families to be safe. They want to not have to like sell their houses off because jihadists are moving in or because mm-hmm. the Americans decided to turn that into like their, their mm-hmm. stand and make it pretty bloody. And mm-hmm. so it, you really feel for these people who really, I mean, one of the themes of therapy and human centeredness and feminism and um, existentialism is this sort of power, responsibility and freedom. Mm-hmm. And I guess the threshold barrier of having these things when you're, trapped between two very violent powerful factions well, two is an understatement yeah. tons of violent powerful factions uh, it's so easy to see hopelessness take hold mm-hmm. but you know i like to stress on the positive so what i like to see is when these local civilians some of them just sort of rise above even that um wow yeah you know i think that, you know what really sticks out to me is just hearing you know the depth of the experience that you had and how it really is infused into your overall identity as not even just a mental health professional, but as a person. And what really, the word human just speaks to me and how connected you were just to the people there and how that brought you to this place of being a person to help now, you know, in a different way. Right. Yeah, and you know, there's that element too of at the tail end of your tour, you're like, man, I'm a little bit sick and that I'm even toting a gun around this place that's all blasted apart, you know? Wow. Uh, even though you know that your unit, your people are doing the best they can with what they got, you're still part of an oppressive arm, right? Mm-hmm. What, no matter how humanitarian you try to be, you can hand out as many soccer balls and pencils and toys and medical supplies as you want. You're still part of this, you know, yeah. crushing force. Yeah. So, absolutely. I was so glad to make the switch from <laughs> someone who, 
you know, hands out damage to someone who hands out help in, in a mental health capacity or teaches someone else how to do it. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. that yeah. simple, right? We right. That, right. Tell us a little bit about that, about your, now you've kind of switched over to, you know, a different hand of helping. Tell sure. us a little bit about that. Uh, well, you know, I think before I, w- I was never someone who thought like, believe everything that your authorities tell you. And I wasn't, um, super, super patriotic from the standpoint of join the military, harm foreigners and like that. I got in trouble as a kid, and that's how I got in to begin with. And so it gets very easy to get even more disillusioned. And by the end of my tour, I was like, okay, I need a different way to do this. Mm. And at first I thought, I was like, I'm laying this stuff down. When I finish my tour, I'm never going back. I'm never doing anything like this. And so I did some time, um, you know, counseling, things like that, work towards that process. But mm-hmm. along the way, I started to hear from friends that I knew when I lived internationally that were just talking about these awful kind of situations. And I... I kind of got this weird idea and it's like, well, wait a minute. Um, the more details I hear about this, these guys could really do a lot of good, even from a lower position of power. Mm-hmm. If they just had some knowledge to kind of like deal with these bullies and mm-hmm. bullies being like oppressive government, corporations hiring private uh, companies mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. stack them up. So I was like, you know, I may not want to ever go like on the attack or anything like that, but what if I went down there and kind of, you know, showed them how to protect themselves a little better mm-hmm. yeah, and teach them how to augment the skills they've already got. Um, right. And so that was sort of a tie in. Even while I was still in the program, I was doing these little private um, armed humanitarian mm-hmm. training exercises with people. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. so what would a counseling session look like with Ken yeah, Knight? That, that is a very interesting <laughs> question. You know, it, it depends where someone's at, right? It depends on what they want. It depends on what uh, they feel like their needs are. It depends, you know. But then again, if we sit if we sit here and say it's all contextual, we'll never get anything done, right? So, sure. um, just to be as direct as possible, understanding that there's a context that'll change this. I look at people, um, you know, consciousness. Possibly, I'd like to think so, but we have no proof. But what we do have proof of is electricity and chemistry. Right. And so I look at um, the order of operations for the human machine, and it's not just a matter of you have this vague diagnostic label, so let's just get you from unhappy to average. You know, health is the absence of a disease kind of mentality right. that pervades our medical community. Mm-hmm. And I go from like, okay, how do we teach you how to become the master mechanic of your own chemistry and electricity? Wow. I love that. That's powerful, yeah. 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 And for, for those listening, I think that it's, it's Ken offers a very, very unique approach, but he also has a lot of educational background um, to be able to offer this approach that I have to say, not all mental prof- health right. professionals I feel like have. It's unprecedented, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for, even for myself and Dr. Rodrigue, um, even though the three of us sitting right here, all three are mental health professionals, you can kind of just hear the depth of, of and the uniqueness of each professional and right. the approaches that they might offer to mental health while they're all, you know, evidence based right. approaches, um, I oh. think can offer such a unique and very, 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 very effective approach to be able to ke- to help people in counseling. That's extremely flattering. And I'm, it, do, it goes for everyone who enters this field, too, mm-hmm. just for their own mm-hmm. respect. And it's interesting, you talk about the diversity. And what's so funny is we all came from the very same school, the University sure. of New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. And yet Private we're still teams. saying, even in the same school, <laughs> you've got all this diversity right. of training and experience. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's really cool, Ken, that, that sticks out to me is the intentionality behind where all of us came to decide to be mental health professionals. You know, for you, it sounds like it came from this very 
real and raw and humble place when you really witness things that most people don't witness in yeah. a lifetime. Yeah. And for you, you saw the rawness and realness of, of human and how people need help in different ways. And I think for you, it, it sounds like it was a motivator for you to right. stepping over into the mental health world and becoming a mental health professional. Um, and it's interesting to think about each of our journeys and how right. we got to this place of wanting to help. Yeah. And, and when you were speaking, I couldn't help but think of Viktor Frankl. And, and you mentioned existentialism and his his very famous book, Man's Search for Meeting, during, that he wrote when he was a Holocaust uh, prisoner at... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm not sure the the camp that he was in, but um, his experience and his having to step outside of himself and and see what's going on around around him, but then yet wanting some higher mm-hmm. um, be- well being and benefit for himself. And so when you were speaking, I just that's that's of. what I thought of. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's so powerful. And, and I think we do we all come from a vantage point that I think existentialism is a big part of how. You, you start your path as a, as a counselor or mm-hmm. someone in, as a engaging Definitely. in counseling. Yeah. I think it also sheds light to, um, you know, and, and Ken, I'd love you to chime on this as well, but it also sheds light to the fact that counseling is something that is human. It's not as clinical as everyone likes to think of it as. And we're sitting here now and you know a little bit about us and maybe where we came from and we all have had struggles too that got us to where mm-hmm. we are or different adversities that we've had to work through. And I think you really shed light to that, Ken, in a different way um, to be able to showcase just how human counseling is. It's not something that's just clinical. Sure. Well, it's certainly an art and a science, right? You miss, yeah. the, you miss the science, you'll be ineffective. You miss the art, you won't be compassionate or connect. You know? Yeah. And the intentionality piece, I love that you said that, Katie, mm-hmm. and you chimed in on that, MK, because it's like when you hold such responsibility, you have to have a deeper motivation than money. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right. You really have to because you're dealing with such vulnerabilities, you're dealing with mm-hmm. such deep stuff. And not only is this maybe not the most effective sure. 10 years of your education to get rich, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. um, it's also, it would be pretty horrible if you decided that a terrestrial motivator is going to lead you yeah. to such um, depth of experience and daily work. Absolutely. You know? Well said. Yeah. Well, tell everybody listening again a little bit about Paragon Wellness. Yeah. Sure. Paragon Wellness is my brainchild where I decided I was a fitness trainer and a professional fighter um, and a soldier. And then I was a therapist later after the fact. And when we talk about the chemistry versus electricity, Um, To oversimplify it, thinking is electricity, feeling is chemical, right? Mm -hmm. And most of counseling, we try to connect to the chemistry through being person-centered and humanistic, but our technical expertise is really geared towards the electrical, which is that conscious thought level. That's why it's called talk therapy, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of saw like a vacuum there where an augmenting sort of set of techniques outside of the sit-down talking session could really be valuable. And I thought, you know from the perspective of what human beings are designed to do, and this kind of goes a little bit in evolutionary psychology, one of the guiding doctrines of Paragon Wellness, is that we're designed to solve problems of survival, which back in our original design generally meant some physicality. Mm -hmm. And so I guess one of the things that sets what I do apart, just as opposed to any other mindfulness-based therapist, would be the aspect of a really detailed focus on how someone takes care of their body through sleep, nutrition, exercise, environmental stressors, Mm -hmm. social exposure, and sort of meet those 
primitive chemical benchmark rewards. Wow. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So interesting. And please uh, say once again, your, um, I say it later, but I want to also for you to be able to say your website and where people can find you. Sure. It's, I try to keep it as simple as possible. It's, um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is facebook.com slash paragon wellness, P A R A G O N wellness. Mm -hmm. And there I've got a link to everything else you could connect with the therapy of all podcasts, the paragon counseling website, uh, all kinds of like National Institute of Mental Health articles. I link some of my favorite experts. Dr. Rhonda, Rhonda Patrick mm-hmm. um, is one that sticks out for me a lot. Dr. Bruce Lipton. So I try to create not only a website where people mm-hmm. can find me, but also like a free resource database. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Very exciting. And for those of you listening that wants to be able to um, look into Ken a little bit further and also into Dr. Rodriguez and myself, um, you can go ahead and check us out on iTunes or podcast225.com and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. And also can find us on our website at www.surprisinglywell.com. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back for a wrap up. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Welcome back Back to The Waiting Room. Welcome back to The Waiting Room. Our very special thanks to Ken Knight for uh, providing us with a really cool and interesting interview. I I know that I got a lot out of it, and I hope you did as well. Um, Just a reminder, you can find us on iTunes, podcast225.com, or the Talk1073 mobile app. Um, Also, you can visit our website, uh, surprisinglywell.com, with the Wellness Studio. And please feel free to email us, call us, and provide um, feedback or questions for maybe topics you'd like to see on future episodes. So we thank you for listening and and sticking with us for episode four, and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. And for those of you interested in looking into Ken and getting to know him a little bit more, he also has a practice. It's called Paragon Wellness, and it's in Covington, Louisiana. Um, And you can reach him at 985-878-5748. That's 985-878-5748. You can also go to his website, Paragon Wellness, um, which you're able to access um, from any major search app, but also it's connected if you go to our website at surprisinglywell.com. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Waiting Room. This has been a Podcast 225.com production.